Hey, yo, Black, it's time. Word, word, it's timing. It's time, man. Alright, man. Begin. Yeah. Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. I was gonna say that my desire or the impetus to work on something like this in this specific format was because we were talking going back and forth for years now obviously but specifically in the last few months about this team and speculating about is this team different I mean this they, they do have this new coach um, he is a proven NBA coach in, in, in the league I don't remember the last time we had that we also like a new uh, president of operations this is after the Phil Jackson era, after the replacement of you know, Mills, and you know, he brought that other guy. Uh, what was his name again? Perry was with Mills. Mills, Mills I and think Perry. He may be a holdover which, even still. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of them was presumably has something on Dolan. Is the idea that we think right? <laughs> like, like snap pictures of Dolan with this like twelve-year-old right. boy. Dolan or golden showers incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was the only one that made sense. And then they got this guy Leon Rose, who's like an exciting new, you know, like Harden talks to him. He's friends with LeBron. Like it seemed that like, was the promise we were told, right? Every right. it seems like every rebuild, there's that promise of, oh, we this guy's a whisperer. This guy knows this guy. Yeah, and to me, that's where the first point that I was thinking about, I think because of the election being so fresh and because of the current state of the world, I think the disillusioned leftist is most comparable to the disillusioned Nick fan, where there's always this glimmer of hope, which is, you know, Tom Thibodeau in this example, or Leon Rose, or the preseason of, of, of IQ, right? This new right. player who we were all sort of like pissed about initially, right? We were just like, oh he's just another Kentucky product we're just essentially this is just like a funnel of Kentucky B players that we're getting Mm -hmm. but now it seems like he's maybe the most exciting player that we have from our two preseason games that we had but yeah I totally (laughs) our hope our disillusion leftism yeah Yeah. we are always looking for hope for me similar to that exact reason of why I feel like I'm on board for this is yeah we are so used to like not it's not even heartbreak it's like we don't even get there we're we're just so used to loss consistently and like flares and hopes and it's funny how we keep you know doing this to ourselves you know there's always like we have brooklyn nets they're in brooklyn you know we could move on to other teams or we could just watch football well maybe not this year but we have these opportunities but yet we continue to be these nick fans and look out for every little hope and I think the best, the most ironic way to continue to feed into that is to make a podcast where we talk more about Nick's hopes. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like this desperate, relentless pursuit. Uh, I think, you know, the best movie made about the Knicks in the last 20 years is probably Uncut Gems. Um, that movie is essentially what being a Nick fan is like, right? No matter how many times you're losing, you're just doubling down, doubling down. And again, it's just like disillusionment that things are going to get better. Uh, and I think, you know, like the idea of starting a pod would sort of point to the fact that this team is going to be watchable and worth talking about. And that, I think, is a disillusioned idea in itself. So, yeah, that's let's already. What do you think makes this team different compared to the last year's? Um, they already, you know, they've got those veteran players that may or may not take up the young guys time. Same questions as last year. Positions being filled in which. You know, we already have that we want young guys to improve on. And we have a coach who, while, you know, known for defense and no tolerant and no nonsense, also likes playing, uh, supposedly likes playing with reliable veteran players. So the question is, what makes you think that this team is different than last year? What separates that? Yeah, I, I think for me, because like, you know, we brought up Leon Rose, but I think it's really the coach. Uh, and, and again, it's obviously we're all buying into preseason too much because it's the first positive thing. You know, all those like mixed memes about hanging the banner. It's like, we won two preseason games in 2020, mm-hmm. um, which already <laughs> probably is more games than we won all of, you know, last March or something or last February. But you know, I think Miller had us running on a good run at the end of the year, just before. Yeah. We As Frank uh, was getting hot. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I mean, overall, there was not much. And I think that, like, what makes this team different is we have this new shiny coach. We have a, a, a top 10 pick who has been 
just showered with praise thus far, right? I mean, have you ever heard anything, anyone say anything bad about Obi Toppin yet? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The preseason Everyone game just still has a lot to go, but he definitely looks nice. He does, he does look pretty good. But we, I feel like we thought that with Knox, you know, year one. Year two, yeah, he started off hot with the first 10 games. Um, but Obi's like 10 years older than Knox. <laughs> right. He has a maturity that is pretty evident already, which is kind of nice. That we'll get he fits, he he fits into like the style of play. But you know what's interesting about his, his, the idea of him being this good at this age? It's we want or expect guys like Knox or, or Frank, when we drafted them at least, or RJ, really, actually, mostly RJ, to be much better than OB is now at his age. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could very well be his ceiling because he's like what twenty eight. That's what. That's why it's another concern. Is like that's why people generally draft younger, for the most part, because the potential isn't really revealed yet. <laughs> right, but w- it's it's really interesting. It's like a higher risk when you take you know the younger one, higher reward potentially. We expect maybe a faster rise for topping than you know Frank Knox and all them. Right, but, but yet, yet he's not yeah. in the lineup. Who? Toppin. Presumably, I mean, the lineup starting hasn't been revealed yet, the starting lineup, but we, we oh. sort of expect him, based on how preseason went, for him not to get the starting nod. It's not who starts, it's who finishes. Tom That's Thibodeau. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you're right, you're right. No, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's too early for... Uh, of course, you know, starting lineups mean a lot, but who course, gets blanked on, also, who gets a chance to play alongside each other is going to be fun to see. Yeah, and I think, you know, just like being a Nick fan, there is a sort of um, pessimism. I mean, like, again, we, we spoke initially about the disillusionment, but there is also sort of a pessimism. And, like, you know, you're watching, but you're also, like, it, it almost becomes masochistic. Yeah. You know to expect misery, yet you're still sort of giving yourself hope. But for me, top in the misery for me, or, or, or what I'm most afraid of, is he just may not fit in this new style of NBA. I mean, he's a, he's a big four who can't play the five. because He's not tall enough. Mm. He's not defensive enough. Right. Um, his positioning in college, at least, was mostly in the paint. He doesn't seem to have such a good shot. I mean, maybe Giannis doesn't either, but I think Giannis He's a decent three-point still... shooter, my understanding. If we, I wish we should pull some stats along the way next time, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, he, I don't. I don't think he hit any in in the preseason. I know he did take a few. So, but there's a lot of yeah, like holes in his game, and really, some. I wonder if anyone's ever done like a deep dive onto like what are the skills that you can most improve upon. Like, is it can you? How much can you improve in IQ? How much could you improve in three point shooting? How much can fusing like you know Frank's defensive tenacity is already there like from day one, but is that something that can be learned? Um, and for Toppin, looking at him so far, um, it seems like he needs a little more speed and a little more handle is what I think. But I do think his IQ on offense, uh, his head is up. He's very aware. The confidence is high. The confidence is high, but also the game is high. Like he understands basketball, which I, from like the brief preseason games, you know, this is my, uh, that I've seen him in, um, but, like, I just like that he knows the game. It's just a question of, yeah, will his shooting come with him? Um, and will his, like, movement, kind of his side-to-side movement, I feel like, and just all around of, like he's saying, he can't, he can't really cover a three. And he's a little too small, potentially, for a five. So let's see, can he, like, can he really play the four really well? Like, even when teams go small. Right. And he, he, I think his confidence comes with him being literally the oldest person on the court. Uh, in most instances that he's been playing because he's been playing in the second unit and um, he's he's the oldest one he's the oldest one on the floor but he's he's making uh, better passes in that preseason games than I've seen Randall make all year all last year oh well I mean is he better than Randall yes do we want to see Randall <laughs> play a single minute in this game no will he play most of the minutes at power forward probably right you know that's the thing it's like last year we we traded um uh, Morris, who was our best player, uh, for a first-round pick, which we then made into uh, Emmanuel quickly. So we mm-hmm. theoretically got quickly for Morris, which is like, I mean, it looks great right now. But I think that's the idea of what we're trying to do with Randall. We're trying to trade him in the second half of the season. But I don't think 
any GM, any GM who has a playoff team can potential can possibly see any potential in Randall because he he's a miserable player. He's, he's you are so very low on Randall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he he could be one of the worst position for power forwards to play in the last ten years. He's slow. He doesn't have the awareness that good power forwards have in the new NBA to like dish it out quickly. You know, I think a lot of it could have been the coaching, and I think. The expectation that's what i'm also wondering is let's see what Thibodeau can do with him as well there's a little hope for me you know because we have little hopes but there's a little hope that even in that second preseason game where randall was making some nice like looks where to like pass it to his teammates and you know i've heard rumbling like rumors of like you know the coaches clearly want to talk that into him a bit um i still agree though that like his set his skill set is pretty limited like you're saying um, if, I'm just wondering if he can just raise that team effort a little bit more and get a little more engaged in those, he won't be a net, complete net negative, which he is big time right now. Yeah, he's yeah. a liability on the floor. Every single time he steps on the floor, we're at a disadvantage. Even as I an think. art, even as an art form, honestly. Like, so then I guess like you know, if we think Thibs is such a good coach, right? We would feel like he would have that same. I mean, I remember earlier on in, in quote-unquote training camp, which is what, like 10 days total, maybe seven. Um, right. He said something. There was a quote that came out where he was like, yeah, I think, you know, it would be really nice if we had a superstar in this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he was like, yeah, I think this team really needs like a star. And I think that's really like a, a rip on Randall because he's a guy that we paid $60 million. Uh, he's on a three-year 60. Uh, the last year, obviously, is a team option, which, I mean, if the Knicks have any sense, they wouldn't renew. But it's hard to sort of trust that instinct. <laughs> you, would, you would think that maybe because they drafted a power forward that would at least alleviate that concern, but it still doesn't. I, I still see it as a possibility that they resign him. But the fact that he is supposed to be their guy, and it was very clear to Thibs within the first 10 days of practice that he's not anywhere near a star or uh, a player talented enough to carry a team forward, um, which makes mm-hmm. it interesting to see the potential lineups that we get as a result because i think that Dibs doesn't really want to play this guy <laughs> well he's also done the interesting uh lineup of randall and toppin together in preseason i wonder if we're going to get any more of that coming forward it's who played the five one of them too that's a good question i'm not sure i can't recall. right it was just a combinatory they switched off maybe yeah who, took, on the matchup. Who, who defended the center yeah that's a good question um, but I will see. I don't know how much that lineup will actually show itself during the regular season, especially with Nerlens and Emrob. If they're both healthy, then I see no real reason. Or if Emrob is to do uh, that, not fouled out. Right. Right. All right. How can Mitchell grow? I like his potential. I think sky's the limit for this guy. I think Thib said the same thing. You know, this guy really could be a star in the league. Yeah. Um, what bothers me though. And I think this is concerning to a lot of Nick fans. He's gone through four or five agents within the last two years of being in the league. Um, that makes no sense to me as a, as a late first round pick. Um, well, you know, Noel, uh, like, Noel also fired Rich Paul, apparently. And so there was that whole, you know, maybe there's some truth to that idea of firing that agent. Why is it a problem in your mind? It just speaks to a kind of like diva mentality i think thibs have also has also said that he needs to see more leadership from him i think you know he didn't come to the voluntary uh otas uh you know he should be there he's a young player this is his third year in the league he's a starting Mm -hmm. center potentially he has a lot to learn with his foul problem i'm wondering about his motivation his i'm wondering about his discipline his discipline his discipline his discipline and his willingness to change his game right because when you watch him there's like five different things that you want to just tell him to switch and like you know he'll be amazing after that or like there's like you know x amount of things that you want to just coach him with like you know even as non-experts like there's clear aspects that or you watch him and you're like you need to change this and that you know obviously the foul thing and hands up straight you know not jumping Clyde goes about it all the time Um, his hands are never that strong his back is not that straight he kind of leans a bit 
Um, but you imagine the coaches are telling him this stuff. He does need to make some adjustments to his game. I think the thing that Clyde said that you were referring to specifically is that when he um, puts his hand up, the, the good players, the good power forwards, the starters in the league, angle at him for a shot, he's going to foul them. He, he, he moves too quickly sometimes after someone makes a move. He, he aggressively like tries to beat that angle or something where it could just be a head nod or a pump fake where like better players like in the second preseason game or the last one you already saw him playing much better on those you know g league type players <laughs> because they're not as smart um as these nba you know professionals that he's going to be playing yeah i mean we did play the literally the g league Cleveland Cavaliers for two games straight. I mean, it's hard to know how good we are. But who was the last Nick that we had that felt like, oh, this is a you know Nick for life, uh, Nick before he dies? This is obviously Carmelo, right? Car- Carmelo Anthony. Um, he's he's probably the number one Nick. I mean, he's he, he's going to have his his jersey hung up. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what where it's also. I mean, this is this is sort of like where our franchise is we're gonna hang his jersey for winning us like one playoff series um and that's what it that's hopefully what it, it will be different time. for this one hopefully it'll be different yeah yeah 10 years down the line and just circling back mitchell and from earlier in the conversation of what makes this year different is like on the small end it's one small way it's just you know a numbers game in terms of number of young people around like this is you know the Knicks are actually continuing to like bring in young guys and like with hope and like decent, you know, unfortunately not top five picks, but still top 10 picks. And our second round picks end up being, or late first round picks end up being potentially more bigger gems than the other ones, which is interesting. But just that idea of like, you know, we have year three guys, year four, uh, year two guys, year one. Is Frank is your fourth year now. Frank is year four. Yeah. So, and we have a, Frank, and, Den- Frank and Dennis are our year four guys. Did you see themselves. how quick the uh, Frank stands abandoned him after Emmanuel quickly balled out? So All the sad. Frank stands just like burned his jersey and then just so like, sad. IQ, let's bow down. Like, you know, like that SpongeBob meme of bowing. That was actually my first topic of interest. It was Quickly's Rise and then Sub Bullet Nilakina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. well, it, it's Frank's fault for like being unavailable Nick fans want to win yeah we want we want people to take control also which he has yeah, I mean if you're gonna have soreness after like playing for two games it's like let the rookies rise man this is anyone's game this is we don't have a team we this is why this team is so interesting which mm-hmm. is, answers your first question this is the most you know going into uh once the offseason ended my first reaction was this may be the worst team that has ever been put together by any organization for as long as I can remember. This is worse than, I mean, you called it. You said this is worse than the- Trust the process Sixers? Yeah, this is worse than the trust the process Sixers Mm -hmm. in terms of starting lineup. I mean, these guys are all nobodies. RJ Barrett is the clear, like, is he good guy? Is he, is he, he's a, is he good guy? I like RJ though. But I agree that we don't really have the whole, the whole thing. The rookie snub? Yeah, because he felt really like upset about that. I was like, right. I don't think you played that well last year. Like, <laughs> he, he averaged a lot of points and he got a lot of rebounds and he played a lot of minutes. He so, shot thirty five percent from the field. Goal. Right, right. But he also, you know, didn't wasn't like he had clear lanes, evergreen lanes, you know, for him to actually make moves or spacing. I think there was an analysis done a while back of like some like the spacing on his lineups were one of the worst in like the NBA. So, you know, things things can affect you. But to still put up 14 points, it's or I think it was about 14. Um, you know, it's 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 second NBA team. I don't I, – second uh, NBA rookie. But, you know, last year's last year. Um, accolades are accolades. I think I just want these Knicks to win. And, like, I want RJ to grow. Well, see, he seems down to be a leader on that note, speaking of leadership and Mitch's potential lack of it. I definitely, like – like RJ's uh, tenacity and determination. We'll see how that, you know, translates into IQ and all that. Um, but yeah, the, hopefully you trust a coach as well to instill that in them. Do you think there's a confidence that he carries? Because I, I do feel like he... Right, but how, much does, how far does that always go? You know, confidence 
definitely takes it well, I think it's important, but I don't know if he has actually. Like, I think he's he's kind of uh, – he thinks he's good or he thinks he has the potential, but I don't think he has – he's as confident. Specifically, like, you know, driving to the rim, he misses a lot of layups that I think that, like, most NBA players would make. I think the only reason why he misses them is because of his lack of confidence. I think he's the kind of player who will benefit from the fact that there are no fans in the stadium this year, while Mitch is someone who would probably – have a, a minus benefit or a sort of deficit because I think Mitch feeds off the, the energy of the crowd. He gets that swap block, you know, like it's just like, ah, Mitch, Emra, yeah. but yeah. RJ kind of needs that quiet. I mean, he, he was great at the free throw line. I think it's because there's no one's watching. So there's no fans watching him in the preseason. I mean, uh, yeah. I think like the difference this year is going to be uh, if anyone has an advantage, it's the Knicks because it's better for them not to have the fans because they're just in the stadium with all with all our disappointed faces, right? When when they're on the court, and I think like I was thinking about my garden memories. Uh, I don't know if you have any. Uh, do 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 you recall um, getting some nice uh, cotton candy in the garden with our with our dads? Wow, versus who? Uh, I think it was versus the Celtics. It must have been like two thousand six, two thousand seven. I don't really remember that. Yeah, that's awesome. Cotton uh, candy. Other garden memories I was thinking about was um, obviously being uh, really hungover on the christmas day game in that 2012 sounds, that was a fun one. or 2014 no that was yeah, more I, recently right that it was more recently maybe it was it was like with within 2016 i believe maybe yeah, yeah. mellow d rose yeah it was mellow d rose was on the team yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which was, was like that was a fun one pu- puking in the on the subway on my way over which was reminiscent MSG. of their season after that game because they, exactly. kind of, they kind of took a downfall. And who was our best point guard since, I guess, like, I don't know, Charlie Ward? Rose. I think D. Rose. What about Marbury? Right. The star. Yeah. I mean, again, not saying they're that good, but probably better than Rose that year. Potentially. Rose was exciting. I, I didn't understand our Love desire it. to just get rid of Rose at that time. I was like, he's, he's playing great. I don't know. Right, it was sort of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, he played he played well last year too on the Pistons. Yep. One of my memories in the Garden, Ed, being with Eddie, catching and going to see LeBron when he was on the Cavs really early on, and I just remember for a hot second getting on that jumbotron. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yep. I don't know who had the ticket. I think I went with his dad. And That's then, fun. yeah, and then I saw. One of the, I think it was the Knicks and Nets when they got swept in the playoffs. I went to a game. Mm. Maybe in game three. It's not fun. Not fun series. You know, but fun me and to Bobby be. went to a, a Hornacek revenge game on a Saturday night. It was Suns-Knicks. Uh, I think we lost by like 50 or 40 or something. How can the youngins work together to improve as a unit itself? As we saw, they were the second, you know, second unit. They have been pretty exciting to watch together. We don't know. It seems like we're not going to split them up too much, although Mitchell and Nerlens has moved around. But, you know, there's still going to be a lot of that connection. And so I just took a few of these that I really like. Is First, you know, I could see this IQ, M-Rob, and this is going with this classic, you know, Nick fan fantasy lineups. Uh, IQ, M-Rob, RJ, not, maybe Knox, and Toppin. And I really cool. like that, like, IQ, M-Rob, pick and roll, Toppin hanging around that baseline, just, like, waiting for, like, the cutter or, like, the extra help defender to move over to either Quickly or Mitchell. So Toppin's, you know, lurking around for a nice, like, pass. Um, or can like flip it out, you know, Knox hanging around the three, moving around just enough to like get open for that against like the defenders who may have to inch in a bit, you know, squeezing around. And then RJ, just being RJ, I guess. <laughs> RJ yeah. getting ready for those jumpers and taking it from the three. Well, and-, and I think that's actually your question. I think it's best if he's not expected to be the only option. Definitely. I think that makes him better. Because I think a lot of what happened last year is, and the reason why he shot so low in his field goal percentage, I mean, besides the fact that he can't shoot, is he was expected to be the only shooter. If, if Randall didn't have the ball. It was if like, Randall right, didn't have the ball, on. which was the other, like, 
just uh, one more addendum of that. Like, you know, Randall was also a ball handler, but it's totally different when it's like you're literally splitting an offense in half versus like this is five guys that can actually space around and like be knowledgeable of each other's presences. Right. What I, what I hope my aspirations for them as a, as a unit is to be aware of each teammate's advantages and disadvantages in, as individuals mm-hmm. and how to coalesce because I think that's what would make this team so interesting is because it is a young team and if they grow together, the sky is the limit. Right. If I they, mean, Denver Nuggets, it just makes me think of right there, like Jokic, Murray, Morris, you know, they grew their young Gary Harris. They grew their young guys together and look how, how they play. They're one of the most exciting teams to watch. For some reason, our team has not been blessed with uh, a star or any future prospect of a star. I mean, we know Giannis just signed this mega deal. Uh, as did Booker. The, the prospects are grim for us actually attaining some marvelous free agent with our $60 million cap that comes off the books next year. Right. Well, one, so, one note is, uh, Porzingis was an all-star on the Knicks. Not sure if he was rightfully so that year, but yeah, but you get those like Latvian votes, these Latvian robots. Right, it's kind of like right, the Russian right. bots, exactly. You know, it's like the Russian bots. Everyone's just pushing those Eastern like, European hacks, creating new like accounts. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know much we can trust about Kristaps P, Kristaps Po, Kristaps Poor, Kristaps Poor's all voted. For poor <laughs> every right, really just like name. <laughs> Giannis, Giannis. Um, um, but I'm thinking because that was the other question of which Nick, right as it stands, has the most potential to be an all star. I guess it's RJ because they're already calling him a star. They're like, not, oh, not star, Randall, right? right? Oh, has potential. I, you know, I think Randall is going to be a free agent next year. Who Nick gave him 20, he's going to get like eight. It could be. It could I think RJ? I could see Mitchell though. What do you think of Knox in preseason scoring all those threes? It's it's he he looked good while shooting, but way too early to say anything. Last year, the first ten games, he also started off hot shooting, and then really cooled off. But looking at him last year, like in those games, like it really didn't look like he even when he was good. Like he didn't look good. No, I think maybe our most exciting point guard was before, uh, after D. Rose, Ron Baker. Ron, <laughs> who's not in the league anymore. Not in the league anymore. Uh, to my knowledge. Well, just give another year. It'll be Frank, too. Not in the league anymore. Oh, gosh. Frank has so much more potential. Okay, so Arms now are we're so long. getting to before, before, one more Dolan-ism, because I have, you know, like I, I, I thought that I, I was sort of going for the Dolan-Westbrook combo which I thought would have been hilarious to have like the owner that no one wants to play for. And then Westbrook is the player that players don't want to play with. It would have been the perfect match. Mm. Is that true though, Russ? Yeah. It's been spoken about with other players. Mm. Harden didn't want to play with him. Yeah. Well, we have to reconsider Harden's, all of Harden's thought processes in this last week. He's trying to get traded. He's trying to get traded. He's going to the clubs. It's for his girl. His girl. I saw, I saw. Mad respect. He's a feminist. They, po- they postponed the game. They postponed the game? He literally just caused the whole game to be postponed because he had to go to see his gal's party. She's a boss. Okay. They should have. They should just be able to have to throw out, like, throw out the players who have to play. Like, that's not fair to the other team, I feel like. No, it's not. But that's another part of what's COVID going to do. That should be right. super interesting to see how – Nick, plenty, I'm sure, yeah, like a diff, bunch of different Knicks are going to get playing time and their time to shine just due to that. And so, you think so, right? I, I, we'll see how it gets, becomes. So how do we get right are are they essential? Right, exactly. We have to figure that out. And, uh, I mean, what I haven't even spoken about Alfred Payton it's because we don't really want to. There's nothing really to say. <laughs> um, ideally, he gets hurt within the first five games, which is a huge possibility because he can't stay healthy. And even if he was healthy, he's better off the court. And I think that's all we have to say about him, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of – I like when he plays defense and, like, sometimes he racks up, like, two to four, two to four steals in, like, a game where he just anticipates where people are going to dribble. And it's really cool when he does that. But that's about where I want to stop with him. 
Yeah, he's good as like a <laughs> third point guard who comes in for like five minutes a game, seven minutes a game. I think on a real team, he'd be a great backup point guard for a playoff team, but for a team that's trying to really like try out their roots, like try out different things. Then again, his shooting percentage is his three point shooting percentage is really bad to the point where today's NBA may not cut it, like you're saying. So, projections? Yes. So, let's go. What will Mitchell Robinson have more? He'll have more double doubles or five foul games? You know, initially, when we spoke about this question prior, I thought it was going to be foul outs. I also lowered uh, the number, though, to five. Yeah, so it's five fouls. We spoke. So, it makes it a little more difficult. True. It does make it difficult because if it's foul outs or double doubles, it's probably double doubles, even though like it's possibly right. it could go the other way. It really can. But with five fouls and not a foul out, because you know he's going to play until he gets five fouls every game. Right. Uh, but I want to I want to believe. So I'm going to say five fouls. You're going to say five fouls. I'm going to go with double doubles. Okay. But yeah, hope, hope being hopeful. Um, okay, here, Frank, number of 20-point games over under two and a half. How many did he have last year? I don't know if he had any. He may have one. Well, he had that one game where he had like 40 points, right? Yeah, 40 means 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40 for Frank was, is really 12. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shot the ball six times. What was it? Did He, he may have had one. I think like the last game they played, he, it he was, was something like, their like superstar. that. That's where all the Frank stands originated from. No, we've been here for a while. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we've been here. <laughs> Since the Frenchman um, landed onto American turf, it was Frank mania right away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he averages what, like five uh, or six? six? So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll get, um, I think he'll get one, it one point, it, point game. It seems like his max is 17 from last year. Yeah. So, I, I'll Frank say he'll Philly. get one. So, I'm okay. going to say under two. Yeah. I'm going to say it's really t- – it's if. Can he find time in the rotation? And really, can he find that aggressive side? Like, if he wants to shoot a lot, he'll get the 20. But he's, you know, watching him preseason doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm going to go with under two. One sound. He's playing for a contract. You would think that would change things, right? And you're always playing to stay ahead of the game. I have one more Frank question, actually. (laughs) Get Frank standing. Number of times Frank brings it up, passes to someone at the top of the key. And runs to the side of the three without looking to actually get involved in the offense three times a game. I was going to say every time he's on the court, uh, over three times a game for sure. Over three times. I like that. Yes. That, Although uh, the thing, I guess the same answer if he as doesn't even bring the ball. It depends. Well, uh, it depends how much time he plays. I mean, he right. may not really find time in the rotation. Right. It should be like a I mean, possessions. Uh, it should be normalized by possessions. You know? Well, also, he may not even be at the one. He's probably right. going to play more off ball than anybody exactly. on, on, on the team. He'll, he'll still be bringing it up, but yeah, exactly. So it, would, it may limit how many he'll actually even be able to do a game. Um, but I, I'm going to say more as well, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I'd say right around three. Okay. All right. Who's going to get the most ejections? Bibbs. <laughs> Fair, fair. Player? It sounds like something Emrob would do. That's what I was thinking also. Yeah. Right off the top of my head. I don't think I, I would say that. that. Peyton? No. Yeah, let, I'm gonna stick with Mitch too. RJ, I could see flaring up. All right. Um will Knox get more than 25 minutes a game? Do we believe in Knox's ability to improve his? Yeah, it's a good question. I say no. Me too. <laughs> I want again. I want to be hopeful. Like I'm more hopeful with M. Rob's double double thing, but I'm not as hopeful with Knox. Yeah, it's disappointing because that's. But I want you know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah, it's probably the reality, and I I don't see it being another way. I mean, even um, in that last preseason game. He got 24. Really? And I thought he played all game. Interesting. So, so I don't yeah, that's, see... It's difficult to find that time. I mean, they were up by 50, so you found, like, Isaiah Brzezikis playing Oh, too, that's you know? true. They were playing a lot of D-League, G-League players. Ooh, wait, oh, 25, you said, though, right? Yes. It's like a serviceable... Yeah, I'm going to go with under. I feel like that's like a starter who doesn't really get who like splits minutes. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he's not, he's not in the lineup. Right. He's not in the starting lineup, but also it could be like a seventh, eighth man off the bench 
Well, yeah, we'll see. Should be interesting. This one, this is a, <laughs> this is kind of an obscure one, and I don't know if we have an answer, but the difference in Barrett's usage percentage between uh, when JR and EP are on the court with Barrett versus when they're off. Unfortunately, I don't really like that percentage metric is not that intuitive for, for me to like really make well, a claim Am I on supposed it. to give you a number? Yeah, like it would be like five, ten percent. Like, but yeah, it, it was the average. Just, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I, don't have to yeah, get no, back I, I know what you're saying. The question is like, is he going to have any um, chance to like move the ball exactly. or be a part of the offense with them on the court? And the answer is no. And that's right. why like they need to not play all three of them together. Right, which is happening starting um, opening night. I, I almost rather RJB in the second unit. I, I agree. Just so. We could see him play with the ball or like at least play with yeah, out having to worry about your teammate not passing it to you. I'm not gonna make him worse. Yeah. Which I think like what Elf and Randall do. Number of keep Elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. It's meme of the year. What is that meme? I don't even get it. It's just Christmas like a thing, thing that Catholics do, yeah. They uh, put the elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Like the kid has to kind of find the elf. It's kind of like the uh, ha- Hanuki. Uh, no, no, the uh, no, the Afikoman. The matzo, the Afikoman. Yep, when we hide it. It's kind of like that, but in elf form. Kind of fun, more fun. Yeah, because I think it's like every day until Christmas. It's not like a one thing while everyone's like waiting to eat. They're like, fucking find it already. I'm hungry. <laughs> right. We <laughs> do it when we're trying to eat dessert. That's the worst time to eat it. Right. right. To look for it. Oh man! I want to go home. I'm tired. <laughs> um. All right. One more. Oh, two more. Number Everyone of times wasted on wine. And... <laughs> Everyone's whining about the Knicks. What time is that? It's around April. I think we're already out of the playoffs by then, or like we realize we've been resigned. I mean, we're to... usually out by December. Yeah, that's usually by fair. Christmas. And so like, we're... oh yeah, stop looking good. That's a lot of the times a turning point as well. Yeah, where it's mm-hmm. like a downhill. So. Luckily, we get to start off high. That's why last year was so interesting because we really, like, I think started off like 0 and 8. So it gave us a lot of um, perspective. No, once Peyton came back, we had some help. Yeah, that was the best one. Fizz was like, oh, it's not my fault. I didn't have Peyton. funny because, yeah, when uh, I was telling you earlier, when Jarrett Jack came in, the Knicks were 0 and 3 the year after (laughs) they they traded Melo. And they had poor Zingas. They started off 0-3. It was KP's all-star year. And then Jack came in, stabilized the unit, whatever, you know, like way better than – I think that's Ramon Sessions or something. Oh, um, God. But, yeah, and, like, they actually started picking up some wins. And, you know, us Knicks, like, obviously getting hope. KP became an all-star. But, you know, things fell probably, I think, around Christmas. That was Stan Van Gundy was saying how the Knicks only look good because uh, the NBA set an easy schedule for them in the beginning. I remember hyped. that. I remember <laughs> that. And he was he was right. Number of times RJ does that. I don't know what the term is, but like a grin. Number of times he does that like little one eye like snarl. Right. Every time thing. he misses. No, um, when no, so no. It's often. the one it's the ones that's why it's not grin. It's the one where like he slams it like in your face and he does like Arr. like shows his teeth type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, those yeah. kind Brings of things. Right, yeah. right, right. Ha- half a time a game is my over under on that. I'm gonna say over. Okay. I like it. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a good year. If he's having think, a good um, year, he's Gavin over than that. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good year and then we're going to get a lot we're going to get excited about his like future. But I think he'll end up just being sort of like a middle middle round player, you know. But this is an opportunity for him to play well and it's an opportunity for him to grow. So, I actually like if if there's anyone I'm really excited about beyond quickly cuz quickly just showed flashes of like the Hall of Fame point guards and like his two pieces and <laughs> games. It's 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 RJ. I mean, he's the prospect that actually like if there's any yeah. real hope to have about anything, it's like we need this guy to be good. Yeah. So I agree. RJ quickly and Mitchell, pretty fun uh, three to be for me to be excited about. I would say Mitchell's still my one, but RJ is number two. I think um, Mitchell's good. He's already good. Right, right, right. So like, but he's already proven to some degree. I mean, there's a lot for him to improve on, and he needs to learn how to. He literally game. can't stay in the court. Yeah. Yeah. That's like an actual genuine aspect that is a problem. But you're right. 538 has written an article of like, this dude's one of the best of the game, like in terms of like whatever advanced metric they had, yet he can't stay on the court. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's yeah, it's part of the game. Because also part of your deep, like you're, you may sacrifice some of your block shots if you become more disciplined. 
and have less fouls. You'll be on the court more, but you'll sacrifice more. But you're going to affect the game even more. It's also just like more tape that good centers watch on him or more, you know, more players watch on him. It doesn't really have to be centers who oh, are right, driving right, the right. paint. They just know how to exploit him. They know that he's quick to react. He's not slow. You're right. He's too quick. It's just they, they're outsmarting him. Yeah, um, outsmarting. They know what he's going to do. He needs to pull off like the Ed Reed, which is like, I, you, you know I'm going to do this, and I know that you know that I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He needs to do that. Yeah, and be patient. You know, trust his instinct. He's got a quick, the left hand, how he could block with both hands is really like a talent that's taken him far and is going to continue yeah. to take him far. What I did like about him playing in the second unit more than the starting lineup, and I guess like we kind of referenced this with RJ too, is that mm-hmm. I think he makes more sense to play with Toppin rather than Randall. I think maybe just Randall slows down the offense. <laughs> just, like, makes everyone no, around him worse. Yeah, yeah. We, we, as you know, every Nick fan or almost every Nick fan knows, we don't, we aren't too high on Randall. The dumpster fire when yeah. Randall and Elf are on the court. Yeah. All right, last one for you, and then we'll do over, uh, win projections. Best looking slash stylish on the team? I mean, every every Stan would say Frank, right? I mean, every, ask any Nick fan, who who's the, 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 the best looking Nick? It's the Frenchman. That's what I, However. <laughs> remember Bullock, by the way. Yeah, right. In terms of style, um, that's why I threw style. I like that hair. Yeah, you like the hair. I, I'm going to give you a, a, a wild card answer for this one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I happen to think there's a lot of potential in light-skinned Durant. Oh, like, wow. I had a feeling that's what you were going with. Amazing. Being like a, a style, like a vibe, you know, He's... like with his like – Nintendo Switch out and like his little headphones. Or... I uh huh. I could see that. I'm pretty sure he's also signed with Clyde's Puma. He did like a Clyde deal, like his first year or so. So he's learning from the best. So yeah, he's talking about style points right there. Good call. I could see that. There's something off with him that I can't get behind. But he he's working it's like with the military looking. Like he looks like he's in the military almost. I mean, he's from uh-huh. the military, son. So I'm a little biased with knowing that. But like you know, I square top. But let me see. Let me think who I've got. Because yeah, Frank was my obvious stand. But if I want to throw in a wild card, Quickly's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean he's all of our favorites. Like, I love he's the, just the little, little dread hanging. Yeah. Dr- yeah, he's just too good. He's he's like a special player. Like you saw him play like two possessions. He's like, oh, this guy's. Well, wow, do we have a point guard? Like I, that, I never had that reaction watching the, anyone uh, new play for this team. This is he's special. The man has a good IQ and is quick. The names are very fitting for him. So mm-hmm. he's obviously has to be good. Yeah, we we lucked out. I mean, I I don't know. Initially, it was like, oh, we jumped for him because he wasn't landing on his board. But it's like. We only got him because he was from Kentucky, and that's probably true. But he never even played <laughs> point guard in, in on Kentucky. He he yeah. played he played off ball, so it's just like no one's ever seen him play point guard. What I don't but, understand is I like I completely agree, and that's what, like how much information do you get? And we don't know, you know, we won't know really. But like, how much is shown in practice versus that is not shown in in like once you actually step on the NBA floor? Like, how much can you see from players that's like, oh, this dude is clearly outplaying him. Let's throw him in as like a starter. You know, like there's always reasons why these guys aren't starting or aren't getting is because probably they didn't show in practice. I'm not sure. Like, I'm right. You're saying like, why is Peyton in the lineup tonight? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. I think Fibs. Is it really like an ego thing? You have to check to, egos. To earn it. Yeah, I think he wants them. To, he wants them to earn did it. Did he not earn he it those last two games? To, there wasn't enough. I thought he did. I, I, I disagree with. I, I disagree with this this decision. Uh, maybe it's coming from the top. Maybe Elf also has pictures of Dolan with like That's a twelve year old boy. That's weird. <laughs> no, we can't have that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, it's all about Dolan. It's always about that man. Because who else would ruin our lives consistently? And until no then, reason that makes sense. Like throughout well, Oakley, literally the only player that people yeah. like. Like, Listen, we had we had Trump to complain about for four years. It was great. I got oh, plenty of excuses to slow down in my work and my life and everything, but he's gone now. So we got to do that. 
Nolan and the Knicks, I don't know. We still have excuses. (laughs) So this is going to be a long ride. We'll probably be at this podcast until he sells the team. And then, you know, yeah, then maybe the championship will happen. All right, what do we got this year? I had what's what's our win-loss and what's the ideal season for us to end it off? I think there's 72 games this year, right? Yeah, the ideal season is, is the eight. Right, seven or eight. Um, seven or eight. I think it would be foolish to think that we would be any better than that. Well, I'll add more nuance to that, where we earn seven and eight with you know the young guys leading the way. Well, I think that's like, the only way it would happen. Right, right, right. Elf and Randall Logically, are they're not going. Yeah, yeah. Like Elf Randall, Noel, Burks, Rivers. That's not a playoff. Yeah, there's no way that team becomes the eight seed. There's no, no. way in hell. But if these young guys play good and they gel. And there's a potential for like a team unit to to fight and to be like a young team that's aggressive that slides into the playoffs and like make some noise against the uh, I guess the Bucks, right? Like you know, for like a game or two. A game or two sounds right. We'll have a good half, you know, one good half. I'm yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. For record, I'm gonna go with. But, but you're saying worst case now, right? Oh wait, sorry, sorry. I said best case. I think I think I think we you know also worst case or do you want to worst case? It seems like we've both fleshed out our worst cases and best cases through this podcast. It's it, worst case would be you know that lineup being as it is, you know, um, not really a game each of those guys. thirty-five minutes a game, getting twenty-four five wins. You know, earning maybe three more wins because we didn't play the young guys. Mitchell not learning how to not foul out, you know, the over under five fouls is, is a problem. Um, I really would love if Frank gets to show himself on the aggressive offensive side. We didn't even talk about DSJ, but you know, we'll see as the game, we'll, we'll be talking, we'll be talking here. I also don't know if he will get much playing time. I mean, I think maybe Frank, he'll maybe we'll get more than Frank even. But they both, I think, are going to be they may be the odd off the out. court. Yeah, yeah. I would love if, yeah, another idea is if Knox can become that knockdown uh, three point shooter would be sweet. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 I think the best. That's like one of the things that we need to have. RJ, if he keeps the keep up the free throw percentage, um, would be huge for his game. I mean, Frank also he already has that percentage, so he just needs to be crafty and actually drawing fouls and being aggressive. He's at 85 Just so you know. IQ has a high free throw percentage. Right? He has like, he's like a 90% shooter. Yeah, like, I saw he like that. He led the league in college or something. He, he needs to – and he – you could already he tell. He just needs Clyde to be on the court because he's like amazing. And he Clyde drives in, he gets fouled. His uh, desire to draw the fouls when he did that fake three and like jumped up into the defender. It was nice. But, yeah, so it's kind of awkward the fact that it's 72 games. So I'm trying to think how to like frame how many wins – but I feel like I'm going to go with – I was really down and out the first two preseason games, but then those, you know, every, you know, Nick's looking for hope. I- I'm going to go with 25. Okay. Said and done. Um, 25? Yeah, I mean, I think last year they had a better team, right? We could all say last year, like, with Morris, they were much better, right? And Morris, um, Taj was decent. I think Noel is probably better than Taj, though. Yeah, it absolutely is. But I think like Morris was like, uh, you know, he, he was scoring 30 points a game. Yeah, Morris was, yeah, yeah. We needed him to get those wins. Well, that's what's also interesting is that initially when they did this, I was thinking like, oh, um, this team, one of the things that's most problematic about them is that they don't have enough guys to get like over 100 points. <laughs> I saw a question on uh shout out to posting and toasting great blog um but they had a question of uh how many Nick players are going to average over 10 points a game and it's like you, yeah it's like you have five guys getting 12 points like that's 50 points right like <laughs> how are we right, scoring right. well that's what's so interesting is that like the preseason was so surprising for me because we saw them get more than like 90 points I think three times in a row I think one of the times maybe they didn't but it was like wait I was you know just doing the math on like the box score I was like how is this even possible yeah (laughs) um but again they played uh, the G League teams and we shouldn't be so excited we shouldn't overreact from preseason despite our uh this is 
you know, we went three and one. That's like the best Knicks percentage in, you know, maybe 20 years. Uh, <laughs> so banner, lots of banner. Yeah. Up. I have my flag outside San Diego. People are like, what's going on here? Knicks won three pre exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it sounds even better if you do the percentage. What's like the winning 75 percentage, percentage yeah. of their games. Right. 75% of their games. So Knicks give me a number. You got a number? Um, or it's just yeah. slightly better than last year. Are they well, going to be able I to mean, score 100? Okay. Before preseason, my number was low. My number was like 16. Right. Um, after preseason, because yeah. of the disillusioned Nick fan, disillusioned leftist. It's okay. We could it becomes, do it. becomes 30. There we go. I which like is it. probably like an eight seed, right? That, and maybe it will qualify for in the, the play-in. The play-in in the East, too. The play-in. They're doing that. What was last year the eight seed? Do you know? I don't. It was definitely not good, though. I'd say 35. Um, and then we got tonight, actually, opening night. Coming up yeah. soon. I am very excited. Knicks Pacers, I believe. I'm going to go with the Knicks tonight, as I'm you probably going okay. to go with every night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to also, just because, like, we need it. Yeah. We need it. We I want mean, this. Ride that momentum. Let's, like, start start off high, like, Please, 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 like play quickly. I think that that'll that's, give us the I best know. I'm so win. worried that th- I can't believe they started. This is not a good tandem. It's not a good way to start the season. No, no. It's a little bad in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, he also like ended the last game with the most minutes in the last two games. So it's just like. Randall? Why? No, quickly. Quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, why aren't you starting? I mean, you expect Randall to start over OB. Yeah, Randall for sure. I just don't want Peyton in. No. I also, again, like we've said, maybe not today, but in the past, that Peyton and Randall together needs to be scored. Awful. Awful. I mean, I I, I think... The opposite of the dynamic duo. I mean, I don't know who's good with those guys, though. I think Peyton could play with Toppin. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, maybe he'll make Toppin. I think quickly could play with Randall. Randall can kick out to him for some threes. He can't really kick out. The yeah, because Randall doesn't make him like the focal point of the offense. Like, I think the difference between like Peyton and Randall is like Peyton and Randall like obviously have like a weird like relationship. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't want to know, but it seems like too close <laughs> for comfort. What pictures they have of each other? Honestly, probably together. Some weird yeah. trip to Cabo. Um, At the same time, Julius is a family man. They say so. You know, maybe you should start focusing on the team more. <laughs> maybe stop paying your wife and kids so much attention. This yeah, is Nick's baby. You know what we require. Really, you know what we require. Full, dedic- full, full, full dedi- dedication. You know, look at Mello. Mello lost his whole, like, his, his wife. He, he went through a divorce, like, all because of the Knicks. I and mean, he really stuck it out for us. I, I definitely respect Mello. Yeah. Even though he didn't want to change his game too much. But yeah, I, I'm rooting for Melo. I'm rooting for him. Listen, listen. The NBA changed. Melo is not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> and they changed for the worse. Honestly, I would, probably would agree with Melo in that. So Exactly. He's, you know? he's, when the history the kind of books are he's... written, he's going to be thought of positively. And that's also like, that's the New York mentality. It's like, New York's not going to change for you. I am you walking gotta here. You got to adapt here. I'm walking. I'm walking uh, here. On that note, this is uh, Coast to Coast with Isaac and Isaac. <laughs> Doing some basketball Knicks pod. Rappers are monkey flipping with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition. A pain, I'm like Scarface sniffing cocaine. Holding an M16. See with the pen, I'm extreme.